Utopia the podcast, ideas to change the world, where we turn conversation into action. Thank you for joining. This episode is titled, How We Stop Trump. Now, I wanted to get this out of the way at the very beginning. I have little doubt that the majority of people who will listen to this are not supporters of Donald Trump in any way, shape, or form. But this podcast is, and always will be, intended to reach and help everyone. And I just want to say off the top, that if you stumbled across this podcast and happened to support Trump, or if you voted for him but don't like him as a person, if you bear with me for the next 15 to 20 minutes, I hope to show you too that there's a better way. Donald isn't the pinnacle, and even though I disagree with you, I respect you as a fellow human being and always will respect anyone who fights with words as opposed to violence. Let's start things off by thinking about our feelings. If you're paying attention to the news and have been for the past few years, you'll probably have noticed that the state of the world is, well, the only word I can find here is shocking. It's hard not to worry. It's hard not to be angry or feel like you have no power or less freedom than generations past. It's really easy to feel like things aren't trending in the right direction or that things aren't quite right or could be very different. Internationally, we've had Brexit, North Korea and their nuclear threats, unrest in Israel, Iranian chemical weapons attacks, ISIS. Russian military intervention in Crimea, etc. There have been forest fires, floods, hurricanes, Ebola, Zika, school shootings, mass prescription opioid addiction. Things certainly don't feel right. I know that for a podcast called Creating Utopia, I just did a decent job reminding you how much of a mess it seems we've made of the world as of late. And when we think about how everyone must feel right now, is it surprising that emotions are high? The stakes are real. The pressure is on. And depending on how we act in the coming decades, we all can see that the future will be and can be unrecognizable from where we are now. And everyone is invested in this future. When human beings make decisions in a heightened emotional state, oftentimes the results are dramatic and sometimes counterproductive or downright nonsensical. This is what this episode is about. How We Stop Trump is intended to suggest that in order to stop or curtail any idea, we need to have another one to replace it. I wanted to start things off by reminding you that there's a lot going on in the world right now. And speaking now to listeners who most likely despise Trump, I wanted to ease you in. Hear me out until the very end, because we need to reach every human being alive on the planet right now, including Trump supporters, or alt-right neo-Nazis, or even those in ISIS. Personally, I think Trump is not an example of a human being that is worth mimicking in any way. 
I disagree with most of what he does. Almost everything he says is frustrating to me because there is little substance, perpetual exaggeration, and too many misleading or untrue streams of consciousness to follow or even care about. But the way he treats others is perhaps the most shocking to me. Insulting someone by calling them Crazy Bernie, Low Energy Jeb, Lion Ted is just confusing. I don't understand A, why someone would think that would be beneficial if they did that, and B, how anyone watching or listening could think that was somehow a good idea or a good way to negate what Trump opponents are saying. But he is the President of the United States. It may have been illegitimate or illegal how he got there. Maybe not, though. He could have had support from foreign governments. The Electoral College has its inherent flaws. Gerrymandering has been suppressing true democracy for years. Not to mention voter ID laws, as well as the spread of divisive, untrue information that has always ravaged the internet. It just finally got into the hands of the masses. It could have been any of these factors, or even all of them, that put him there. But I can't believe that the intelligent people that we're supposed to get our news from, the ones we listen to and rely on for information, still have us convinced that any of that is important. Beyond the notion that laws really are, quote-unquote, supposed to be followed. Is it a surprise that those with power are bending or breaking the rules? Does anyone think that the people who are in charge of billions or trillions of dollars and the largest military in the world have always been and always will be playing by the same rules that we, the public, are? Hillary's emails, Comey's book, Trump Tower meetings, Spicer and Huckabee Sanders' daily lies... This is exactly what those who are in power would want us to focus on in order to maintain their position. They want us to be afraid, to distract ourselves, and find enemies to battle with so that nothing really has to change. There are people who are benefiting from the way the world is right now in massive ways. Of course, they don't want things to change, and if they do, it better be in a direction that they would want. And you can't really blame them. Because if you were uber wealthy right now, I would imagine you would think things are good enough as well. I'm not claiming there's a shadowy cabal of figures that are pulling the strings and running the world, but it's quite clear that those with resources, usually monetary wealth, are in a position to do things that most people will never have access to or would even be able to imagine. The world can only be changed by the people. So it's in those who don't want change to occur's best interest to ensure we're distracted and unable to cooperate. I'll tell you what is important. What Trump has shown me and what people all over the world are starting to realize is that elective officials serve a valuable purpose there are decisions that the general public are not in a position to make. The public is not equipped with the nuanced details. We don't have the time and are sometimes disinterested in what is happening behind closed doors. Elected officials can also mobilize the public and explain complex ideas in compelling ways. 
They can do great things and have throughout history. But now, more than ever, Trump has shown us all that the common human no longer needs to be and no longer can be treated as if they were somehow unequal or below anyone else. On the left and on the right, when you boil down the message, we are all just jockeying for position on an imaginary hierarchy that no one will allow to exist anymore. No one wants the society where people are above others for some non-existent reason. Trump supporters don't want the elites to tell them what to do. And Hillary or Bernie supporters, they want fair wages and health care. They want to be comfortable. Just like those like Donald Trump who are born into a situation where they never really have to work just to survive. Trump has confirmed that the president is a figurehead. The government is acting as its own entity. It's forgot that it is of the people, by the people, for the people. And that's okay. It's most likely inevitable. No need to argue and fight and yell about how the government is inherently evil or that people are evil. We're just designed to function optimally within our surroundings, within the agreed-upon parameters. The parameters are all wrong because they were designed 200 years ago. That's okay. That's to be expected. It's funny because I'll just mention on a side note, like we're still having arguments about how Marxism is somehow a good idea. There's been a revival on the left like somehow Marx had it figured out and if we could just do socialism right it would be great and then on the right it's like Adam Smith in the free market he had it all figured out and if we could just get a pure free market everything would be great it's just bizarre to me that people are convinced that what people living 100 plus years ago were thinking is somehow extremely relevant today Marx and Smith didn't have the internet. They didn't have an abundance of food. They didn't live in a time where many people in their society were comfortable. The government is relying on us for it to survive. It needs us to care and vote and hope for change and argue with friends and family about things we don't control. But this is coming to an end now, and it's only been less than two years of Trump. The people can see that they have more power than they realized. People are getting curious about how tax money is spent. Localities are employing private security, opting out of police contracts. Corporations like Apple have enough money to buy countries like Greece. Facebook is considering privately funding a basic income. Australia contracted Elon Musk to build a solar city. Like... What? Like, what is going on here? Well, I thank the internet more than I probably should, but it's this global connectivity that is allowing individuals right now on the planet to realize that they have the ability to write their own script. And what's amazing is that we all have this ability. There's no one steering the ship here. We've been floating along through civilizational periods in history, 
at the whims of arbitrary pharaohs, rulers, kings, and queens who made up their own rules or followed those they believed to be divine. The internet, or at least the global consciousness, has been a great reset button, allowing those that have something valuable to contribute the opportunity needed to change the world. And believe me, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's only just starting. I would love to just sit here and talk about internet contact lenses, magnetic levitation transit, carbon nanotube elevators to space, vertical farming, quadriplegics walking again, the growing of organs in laboratories like the human liver and heart. Or what about artificial intelligence surpassing humans in ways that we don't understand already? I will one day, because I've been waiting for five years to talk about the things that are happening in the world right now that we all really should be aware of. But I can't yet, because by no real fault of anyone's, we're stuck. To take a page out of Dan Carlin's playbook, consider how future generations will look back on us now. In North America, at least, the hub of the technological renaissance, the average person still wakes up at 6 or 7 a.m., works 9 to 5, eats dinner, watches TV, and falls asleep. There are 52 weeks, two weekend days per week. That's 104 days a year where you're free for hobbies, friends, family, vacations. There aren't many hours in one's life that they're truly free. When I say we're stuck, I mean we're stuck because we don't have the ability to learn and pursue what we're actually passionate about. The bulk of the day, and five out of seven days per week, we literally spend our most valuable resources, time, energy, and our brains. These resources often go toward a project that we either don't care about, dislike, or receive no tangible reward for its completion beyond a standard paycheck with commission if we're lucky. It sucks to think about it, and I don't blame anyone for not contemplating their own daily situation, because once you do, it's hard not to feel trapped. But this is why we're not all talking about carbon nanotubes. We don't have time. And now back to Trump. How do we stop him? And what has he actually done that's helped us all? Well, he's forced us to step outside the confines of our own lives. Our awareness is heightened, and we're all looking at the world. What's happening? Considering what's important, revising our own ideas, and he's made us realize we all need to act ourselves if anything's going to get done. Last episode on Bernie Sanders. Remember, I said the blue wave is coming and the resistance is here. And in a weird way, Trump has been a conduit. We should thank him for shining such a bright light on how inefficient our institutionalized systems truly are. They're not bad, just outdated. We stop Trump by reaching out to those who support him. Here's what I would want to say to a Trump supporter. I hear you. Politicians haven't been serving you for probably your entire life. There doesn't seem like there's much opportunity for all of us to thrive. 
things have changed and the American dream seems like it either doesn't exist or is reserved for other people. I get it. I see it. I feel it. I worked for four years living in 30 different cities in North America for months at a time. I also traveled to Europe, Africa, and South America. And for those four years, all I really did was advocate for children living in extreme poverty. I've heard of situations so bad that any reminiscing I do on the subject inevitably brings tears to my eyes. And I've seen humans living in situations that I could never wish on anyone and I truly wish I hadn't seen. Trust me, I get it. Things are not right. But we need to extend an olive branch to each other. I can say that I disagree with almost everything the man you support says. I want to argue with you about it all, respectfully, and I'm confident I can change your mind. Because I can see underneath it all, no matter where you come from, what you say, who you claim to be against, what you say you want the world to look like, we agree on fundamental truths about how to live in this world. And I'm confident I can show anyone that peace and love are always preferable to war and violence. Trump has shown us how thin the veil really is that's pushing us apart. Semantic differences based on a lack of information, divisive communication tactics, and outdated ideas that are fading at an incredible rate is all that's left. It's only a matter of time before the Trump voter realizes they don't hate their neighbors. And it's only a matter of time before the Hillary voter realizes they don't hate Bernie Sanders. And they don't hate Trump voters either. They just hate the extreme ideas that counter their own. And that's fine. If you're a Yankees fan, you're allowed to hate it when the Red Sox fans say they're better than you. You're allowed to hate ideas. But people who repeat ideas didn't invent them and aren't worthy of hate. Let's end things off the same way I end every podcast, with a semi-actionable idea that can hopefully make life or the world or both a little better. How to create utopia. Think about the issues that everyone is concerned about right now. Whether you supported Hillary, Bernie, Trump, Obama, Romney, libertarians, non-voters. Almost everyone right now we're caring about the important issues to some capacity because we're all aware of them for the first time to some degree. People are discussing the environment, healthcare, immigration, foreign policy, international relations. We all know about North Korea now and the humanitarian crisis that's been occurring for decades. I remember showing people the picture of North Korea from space for the past three years trying to just explain that there's a curfew and the lights go off at night to illustrate an, an aspect of that totalitarian regime. No one cared. So what changed? Well, again, for the first time, we've seen how ineffective the political system really is. How someone who clearly cannot be the most suitable person for the office was able to rise up and game the supposed most powerful position on earth. We're all motivated to learn about 
campaign contributions and wealth inequality because we all can see that things are changing and we might actually have our chance to have a say. We create utopia this week by not being upset with anyone for not having the same knowledge or information that you do. We create utopia by not being upset with anyone for having different information that causes them to pursue a different finish line than your own. We create utopia by seeing for ourselves how amazing it is to learn more. Set the example and share with others the magic of information. We go out there and listen to those arguing against our deeply held beliefs just to understand them. Trust me, if you're pro-choice, which I am, if you haven't listened to a respectful, educated person describing why they're against abortions, if you listen, you will 100% learn something. It might not be enough to change your mind. It didn't change mine. But I can see that those who disagree with me and are pro-life are not bad people at all. They're good people. We can go out into the world and share with those we think are wrong that there is another perspective. And it would be awesome to just talk about it. No matter how hard we try now as humans, we'll never run out of information to learn. What a time to be alive. What a gift. Regardless of how you feel about Trump, something is going on, something's happening. And if we look past the differences that have been used to divide us, we all could feel for a moment how I feel. I wish everyone could see how exciting it is to be alive in a time where we, the people, have the opportunity to change the world. To tie things up, if you're like me and you don't like Trump, let's just try to see that many who voted for him in many aspects of our lives are our allies. We are all neighbors on this planet. I believe a wise man once said, love thy neighbor as thyself. The 95% of the population that holds under 5% of the wealth we are in this together and now so much more than ever. We're angry at each other because it makes sense to be angry with the information we've been given and what we've been told and shown. It makes sense to be upset in general. But what we need to see is that the true majority, whether you voted for Hillary or Trump or Bernie or none, the majority of us recognize that the way things are right now simply isn't working, and this is a good thing.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Creating Utopia. If you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends. You can find me on Twitter at creating underscore utopia, and any questions, comments, or concerns, I'll make every effort to reply to them all. Stay tuned for the next podcast, the first in the next chapter, titled, What is Creating Utopia?